0: Good morning! Good morning!
1: Good morning! Good morning! You mean to wish me a good morning? What do you mean that it is a good morning whether
2: I want it or not?
0: Please go away, let me sleep for the love of God!
3: I'm gonna come into this one with a sound effect. Firstly, I've got a, a can of Coke there for both of you. This is our experiment time. I've got some. Uh, Oh, Oh, I got some pop and candy, Pop Rocks.
4: You took my my first line.
3: Oh, no. What was your
4: first line? I got my Pop Rocks and soda and I'm ready to go.
3: (laughs) Now you've said it. (laughs) See, we're in sync. We're in sync this week. And I
4: was driving here and I'm like... make sure you, you fucking like says it and then I'm like oh now I've got nothing
3: to say well look you know, yeah, if either of you want to actually have a go um, we can put the theory to test you don't have to but if know. I if I was still drinking the cola I would ah <laughs> oh, yes um, maybe we can reserve it for a video for yeah. midweek or something mm. but There we go. I could have the Pop Rocks. It's one of the... (laughs) It's only seven grams of carbs. It's one of the great (laughs) urban legends right there. Supposedly, uh, your stomach explodes when you're doing it. um, It's kind of like giving seagulls aspirin. Yes, yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. yeah, yeah. Have
5: they done it on... Did they ever do it on Mythbusters?
3: Yes, I think they They did, did. actually. As well as... uh, The other one I was going to suggest that you do is... Because I've never seen anyone do it. Have a big swig of Coke and then swallow a Mentos. See what happens. Oh, yeah. Because I think the Mythbusters... Busted that one, but I kind of reckon something would happen.
5: I would think that your stomach acid would uh, well, you see a Mentos in yeah. a Coke
3: bottle. Imagine having yeah. a stomach full of Coke and you drop one.
5: Well, yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, th- th- what's so funny is that you drop a five cent coin in a in a thing of Coke and you th- you lose that five cent coin. <laughs> yeah. You're like, uh, I mean, it's the well, it's, so
3: you'd be a human Coke fountain.
5: I mean, like, Coke is actually, like, the one thing, you know, that you can use as a, you know, it's a floor cleaner. Yeah. It's a, it's a dessert <laughs> yeah. topping. It's a drink.
3: <laughs> and then, I mean, the, the whole mental thing, it's a bit like, the, I like food-related urban legends, like the whole gum that stays in your stomach for seven years. Mm-hmm. Apparently that's not true. Oh, really? Did you believe that? I always did as a kid. How do you yeah, Why not? Oh because apparently yeah. if you look in your oh, shit, well, like, there get, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? But yeah. yeah.
5: well, I was gonna say, how do they know it's been in your stomach for seven years? They what they like they, they put a, a tracker yeah. on it, like they do a wild animal and they, yeah. they're not still in there. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I think maybe because it doesn't break down. And yeah. your, your parents in the fifties were always scared that their kids and they couldn't digest it, but and carrots I, are supposed to help you see in the dark. I
5: wonder if it was, uh, yeah, I wonder if it was because if you, uh, it's to stop you from going to sleep with chewing gum because I mean, who hasn't had that stuff caught in their hair? And then... Oh, yeah. Or had to cut a chunk of it out. <laughs> yeah,
3: that's true. It hasn't happened to you for a while, though, has it been? <laughs> Got it in your beard a few times, though. Yeah. <laughs> the I, still, I still have the angel wings.
0: <laughs> ah, yeah.
3: <laughs> it's called my, the sexy side. My monk burns. <laughs> The greatest urban legend of all, I think, is, uh, the, did you know that they say there is prune juice in Dr. Pepper? Really? <laughs> yes. I went that the, is a legitimate urban legend. I went to I the Dr. Pepper it. museum and I did not see that there. Yeah, well, but it's, it's, a probably, sec- it's, it's probably a secret. Mm. Yeah, it's the
5: secret herbs and spices <laughs> so that right. makes the, uh, the Dr. Pepper so tasty.
3: What a weird and wonderful way to start the show. <laughs> Welcome to Good Movie Monday. You're listening to the weekly podcast dedicated to nerdy cinematic ramblings. Melzi's here. Yay. How are you Melzi?
4: I'm good.
3: Ben's here too. How are you? I'm good. That's good. <laughs> uh, no gum my, in your hair. <laughs>
5: no gum in my hair. I'm just waiting for Melzi to, to pop rock, it? rock to pop, Yeah, <laughs> to have the <laughs> pop
3: rocks and the coke. You might be waiting a while.
5: Are we doing? Is that going to be the, uh, I the Tuesday night video? And
3: if either of you don't do it, I will. All right, excellent. Stay tuned everybody. Um, Can we divvy it up? Yep, absolutely. I've, I've got lots more on the car. Okay. So
4: then if I die, you die. <laughs> yeah, excellent. Yeah.
3: <laughs> it's only fair. We must video. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you've come to our show because of uh, TikTok, then welcome because our social media is um, something that we, uh, we, <laughs> we champion a lot and TikTok has blown up recently. We've had a few videos go viral. So welcome to the newcomers from there. Interact with us. We love the comments and and you engaging with us. Imagine when we
4: die on camera this Uh, week. It's going to go fucking crazy (laughs) viral. Yes, it's going to be good.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Can't wait. Let us know, Ben. We don't have to prep next week's show. (laughs) Excellent. Uh, And, yeah, as I say every week, give us a rating too on uh, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, all those places. So a Melzi show means a Melbourne Horror Film Society themed show. And if you haven't guessed already, we're talking about urban legends this week. Melzi, would you like to maybe elaborate? Tell us what's going on at the Film Society and why we're doing
4: this? Well, buckle in, guys, because there is a (laughs) lot going on at the Melbourne Horror Film Society this month because it is October now. Yes. Yeah, very exciting. And you're
3: very Octobery right now. I
4: am. I've got my... Themed clothes and jewelry, and all the stuff that I'll be wearing for the entire month. So that's very exciting.
3: (laughs) We love
5: it. I always wear the same clothes all month. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're always ready for October. Yeah.
4: (laughs) And any other month.
5: (laughs) Because I'm like Batman, or Einstein, (laughs) or a bum.
4: So, we have five screenings coming up this month. So, the one that is linked to this show will be taking place on Tuesday 25th of October and that is Urban Legend. Yes. Can't wait. So, that's my screening. Fantastic. Your choice. Your (laughs) choice. choice. And you'll be presenting. I'll be presenting. Yay. Yeah, I've been very excited to do that one. Uh, But before that, uh, tomorrow night, Tuesday 4th, we've got a watch party on, and I know this always blows your mind, Ben. (laughs) What are these watch parties around on Discord? How do
5: you get the link?
4: <laughs> so, on Without our. Without having to talk to someone. <laughs> uh, it's only going to be probably me yeah. replying to you, for God's sakes. <laughs> so, on our Discord uh, channel server, I don't know, I'm not up with the lingo, but Discord, <laughs> we are doing a watch party of Freaky. Oh,
3: the Vince yes, Moore one. yes, which is for people that don't know, it's Freaky Friday with a horror yeah, twist. Yes, yeah. so
4: much fun. Um, so uh, you, it's available on um, streaming on Netflix at the moment. So we all access our own copy of it, jump on the Discord, and gif and. Comment and have, have lots of fun. Yeah, Wicked. yeah, it's very fun. So all you have to do is um, contact. This is what this is the stumbling block <laughs> for Ben. Yeah. Just send us a message on any of the socials, or send us an email, and we will send you a link to our Discord, and you jump on there, and it's lots of fun, and if you can I... do it all from the comfort of your Mate, own. It's home. like
3: going to an illegal rave. You don't know until the last minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I
5: just, it's yeah. I, I just feel like like then you'll know that I'm stalking your page. I was going to say yeah, you and ask for the link how else will I have seen it?
3: It's one way to openly stalk, isn't yeah.
5: it? Yeah. <laughs> like when you accidentally like someone's post from like two years oh. ago. Isn't
3: that the worst? Ooh. Particularly if there's boobs. And then, and then you,
4: and then you,
5: and then you quickly go, oh, I like oh. it.
4: And you wonder whether and it then showed like
5: up. Like it again because you're like, well, oh, oh
4: no, like, you're a serial stalker. <laughs>
5: it's like What's wrong with this? Yeah. Like once I accidentally unliked a post that I had liked. Oh, ages ago? Yes, I'm sure. And I, like, oh, ago, yes, and I liked it again. And I'm
4: like,
5: no, I just was trying to, like, yes. try to, Sometimes Sometimes, you know. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Liberal liberal yep, there, yeah. We've all been there, We have all, all been there.
4: there. <laughs> um, so, fine. after tomorrow night's screening, we're then back in person. We've got the next uh, blood ritual at True North in Coburg. So, we're moving that night of the month to the second Saturday of every month. So Excellent. this month's screening is Trick or Treat. Yes. And Trick or Treat, the 1986 film, not Trick or Treat.
5: With uh, Skippy from uh, Family Ties. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sammy Kerr.
4: <laughs> so that's on Saturday the 8th. Mm-hmm. Tuesday the 11th. I should have said get your calendars out. Tuesday the 11th. Is Rewind on listening again. The uninvited. That's true. Unin- oh, no, sorry. Not the Uninvited. 1988, sci-fi mutant cat. And that's a long play in Fitzroy North on Tuesday the 11th. Tuesday the 18th is 2019's Crawl. Oh,
3: God, I love that movie.
4: I haven't seen that one.
3: It's great. Oh, it's Alexandra, can
4: Yeah. Um, and then, as I said, Tuesday the 25th is Urban Legend. So a lot mm, coming wow.
3: up. Wow. October is chockers. It is. Well, to drive that point home. Um, we've also got a fantastic chat this week with Jamie Blanks, the Woo-hoo. director of Urban Legends. So we're tying that in with uh, with all of what you've What's, got going there.
4: What are the odds?
3: What are the odds? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's almost as if we planned it before. I oh,
5: know, it's crazy.
0: <laughs>
5: well. <laughs> Which if anyone knows me, knows it's not It's, it's almost
4: like you guys planned it yeah. at a time, and I showed up. And so, what better
3: reason to talk about urban legend movies? And, and look, I don't mind if either of you go down that sort of folklore route because that's kind of the same thing, isn't it? Uh, also, in a minute, we're not saying that because that's what you did. Yes. <laughs> Shush. <laughs> Uh, In a minute we've got Jarrett Garn coming up from Monster Pictures to bring you up to speed with what's coming out on uh, Home Entertainment this week. Guillermo Troncoso from Screen Realm has a few uh, movie news things and the blokes from the Bonehead Weekly podcast are also going to run through some of their favourite Urban Legend movies. Now, have you guys heard that there is an urban legend surrounding Crown Casino and an underground morgue?
5: Yes. No. Yes, I did know that one because a friend of mine actually wrote a script about it.
3: Oh, really? Yeah. I would like to see this put into a movie. So, supposedly, there's a morgue beneath there Mm -hmm. because of the fact that a lot of old people in the casino die and they've Mm -hmm. got to get out.
5: And big losers Mm -hmm. top themselves.
3: And big losers top themselves. yes. yes. That's an even better story for the urban legend myth. And supposedly, some of the toilet stalls, the end stall is locked permanently <gasps> because that's the access to the tunnels that <sighs> takes them out. Take you to the mall, yeah. Yeah, and then wow. there's tunnels that take you out of the casino to get, you know, ambulances. And yeah. That's a fantastic urban I legend. Love I would that. love to actually, I'd love that to be true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, but surely these buildings designed for tearing people's lives apart. Have yeah. that kind of cause. Yes. Like yeah. Yeah. Tony Vegas it, isn't full of them. Yeah. You don't Happen want to, to stop a friend the other of a people friend of from mine. From <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah.
5: You don't want to stop the people gambling
6: no, uh, ahead by of time. with
5: a with a dead body. Like yeah. you gotta get that out of there fast. Yes. So well, it, mean, keep, uh, it's the same way yeah. that
3: in insane asylums had a death tunnel to get the patients out without the other patients being distressed at the sight of you know bodies being weird, yeah. Like they were yeah.
5: already throwing their feces before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: mean, no. But there's also, I mean, it's not even an urban legend, but it, it kind of was for a while that the Queen Victoria Market is built on a, a graveyard. Yeah. And there's yes. thousands yes. of bodies beneath yeah. it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't relocate them. It's They're all yeah. still there. They're there. Yeah. That's a great story. Yeah. Anyway, I like urban legends. What's, <laughs> the, um, the,
5: what's the thing in, is it, I can't remember if it's in Austria or if it's in, I think it's in Austria in one of the kind of, um, uh, Salzburg or one of the kind of holstead towns, you the graves, the graveyards, because they're in such high demand, you pay you you don't owe, you don't mm. like you're not interned there forever. Yeah. You every year there's a fee you have to pay, and if you stop paying the fee, yeah. or if your family or your fa- your family do or whatever, it's like mm-hmm. they all got, then someone just gets put on top of you. Yeah, that's right. it. That's theirs now. Fantastic. They, they mm. <laughs> I don't know what the, I, I reckon. Stacks that, on. Like, yeah. <laughs> I watch a lot of Nine Rush because I'm a human piece of garbage, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, there's a great show, Salvage Hunters, which mm. is all about this guy going to antique, you know, all antique dealers and you know buying antiques and stuff, yeah. antique furniture and stuff mainly. And uh, I was, like, and a friend of mine, the guy who wrote the sc- the, mm. the script about the casino, the casino, his father was a uh, owned a jewelry store, and his his private passion of jewelry collecting was. That Like like the death jewellery The morning jewellery Where you would You know Cut a lock of hair Or whatever yep. it is And you'd put it into a, Like a locket And then these things You know Hundreds of years old Like you know People would kind of Buy and sell these things Like what happens To all the old tombstones And stuff Yeah Like that's the ultimate Bit of like death You know <laughs> Death memorabilia It's like I don't know who uh, you know Joseph Kearney was, but uh, apparently he died in nineteen you know, thirty-five and uh, survived by these people who are also dead. Yeah, and I've
3: got his tombstone right here in my backyard. Well, you know, well, half of the world's wealth would be in graves. Like, yeah. A lot of yeah. riches being buried with people.
5: You got, got to get to those
3: teeth. It's a good good gig. Those gold teeth. <laughs> Ed Game was onto something. Yeah. <laughs> And there's also before we throw it to Jared, there's the uh the urban legend that there is a shooting gallery underneath Flinders Street Station.
5: Or yeah, right. Spencer
3: Street. Mm. Back in the war, apparently that's because that's the depot where the soldiers have come in and out from mm. the different um stations in Victoria and elsewhere in the country. And so they had just because they were the soldiers were there as a meeting place, they had a gallery beneath the platforms that was for shooting practice and target practice, ah. uh, and which they now it's it's still there. It's just you know. Locked up storage, things like it's
5: that. A, it's like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles <laughs> oh. oh, Here's an abandoned subway station. How awesome Amazing. would that be? Well,
3: what about, um? What was it? Lost Boys. The vampires live in a yeah. motel that's yeah. fallen off a cliff. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. love this stuff. Yeah,
5: <laughs> I would explore the shit out of that. I've been yeah, watching, I've been watching uh, Last Resort on uh, Stan. <laughs> yeah. And that has a, this is the the resort that was you know, partially destroyed by a hurricane yeah. and internal politics. Mm. And you're like, it's, it's still there.
3: Was well, so it? Um, um, I think it's, if not Seattle, San Francisco. I think Seattle has an underground city because when an earthquake hit, the city sunk and they built yeah. on top of it and you can take tours through the old streets. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. I think it's Seattle, so there you go. That would be the perfect place to do a, the tunnel-esque oh, horror film. Oh, gosh, yes. That would be fantastic. It would be like a sequel to Sleepless in Seattle.
4: <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's throw it over to Jarrett. <laughs> there we go.
4: Sleepless under Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Hey this is Jarrett and welcome to PE Class and I'm going to start this week with some news. Universal Sony Pictures Home Entertainment will release recent theatrical releases Bodies 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 and Ticket to Paradise on Home Entertainment December 7th. Then you can expect Smile and Moon Age Daydream to hit Home Entertainment on December 14th. Now moving on to this week's releases first up Roadshow and from the Warner catalog Roadshow are releasing two genre films celebrating anniversaries to 4K Ultra HD this week. The first of which is The Lost Boys which is having its 35th anniversary and the second Poltergeist for its 40th anniversary. While neither releases host any new special feature content both films will port over all the legacy special features from their previous Blu-ray releases. Though that said, Poltergeist will have an archival making of that's yet to appear on any release since the Laserdisc release. Also from Roadshow and from the Warner catalogue, they're releasing Giant, another classic Warner film directed by George Stevens and starring James Dean. Now also from Roadshow, getting a DVD release only is the Bruce Willis, or one of the final Bruce Willis films, that Bruce Willis actually starred in before the deep fake movement that's coming because I guess you've already heard about that you know a company deep cakes licensed Bruce Willis's image and so Bruce Willis will continue to appear in films long after he's left acting. Anyway he stars alongside the once great John Malkovich and genre luminary Michael Rooker in this DTV actioner White Elephant. Then from Acorn Media, they're releasing two Shadow Originals, The Twin and Spine of Night. And they're coming out on Blu-ray and DVD. That's right, Blu-ray is back for the Shadow Originals this week. Then Mad Men are releasing David Cronenberg's Crimes of the Future on Blu-ray and DVD. Finally, Defiant Screen Entertainment are releasing two titles to DVD, the first is Death Pursuit with Vinnie Jones. Then the second being American Carnage that stars X's Jenny Ortega. Anyway, that's it for me for this week. So until next time, stay physical.
3: Well, this is funny. So the new releases that are coming out this week on 4K, three of them are attached to actual urban legends. So yeah. you've got Poltergeist, that's yeah. riddled with urban legends. Yeah. um, the been a cursed series. Giant with, um, mm-hmm. with what's his name? Freaking James Dean. Mm-hmm. The curse of the car. That's an mm-hmm. urban legend. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. And
3: then what Jared didn't mention is there's also a Kubrick collection on 4K, and Kubrick was said to have directed the fake moon landing. So that's yeah. an urban legend right there. And that wasn't even planned.
4: Crazy. As if we, you know,
3: wrapped this show around the new releases
5: of
4: the Get week. Yeah,
3: so anyway, thank you to Jared. Why on Thanks, earth would Jared. you
5: get Kubrick to direct the fake, the fake moon landing? <laughs> Mr. 200 takes. Oh, can we get <laughs> yeah. the fly? Are we going to get the fly? Like, you want a one and done <laughs> Yeah.
3: Well, that's why they say that in The Shining, Danny's wearing the moon landing jumper. Yes. As a reference to that. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't buy it. But um, yeah, Jarrett, thank you. Monsterfest is creeping up closer, speaking of he. Um, make sure you're across their social media pages to keep up with their announcements and, and big reveals, many to come. Runs in Melbourne, I believe, Ben, from November 24th to December 4th?
5: That is correct, sir.
3: And then elsewhere, Brisbane, Sydney, Ad- Adelaide, <laughs> Perth, December 8th till the 11th. That is correct. I hope so, because that's what I've written down. I have been wrong before. <laughs> I
5: think I may have sent the poster artist the incorrect date. <gasps> <to> the incorrect <laughs> <laughs> date. <laughs> <laughs> I think I said the 13th. It's running a bit longer, interstate. Oh. <laughs>
3: That's
5: fine. It's not nothing's permanent. It hasn't no, got a. Just print. leave a
3: DVD plane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll
5: just put a like an old CRT. We'll yeah. pick up a CRT TV from hard rubbish and just yeah. uh, a built-in DVD player. Yeah. Just, wheel
4: uh, it in.
3: Get one of those
5: preview DVDs that would automatically restart.
3: Totally. Just um loop the all the trailers from the previous yeah. monsters. We'll, we'll
5: put a I'll spray paint a. <laughs> A silhouette, a thing, a, a stencil of a monster fest on it. For Fantastic. There
3: you go. So good. <laughs> you don't disappoint. Malsey, do you want to kick us off with your first recommendation?
4: I would love to. So I am starting off with 1998's Urban Legend. Oh, wow. <laughs> shocker.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, shocker as well. No. Yeah, okay. Just the one. Just okay. the one.
4: Okay. <laughs> so I was 14 going on 15 when it came out. I think I would have. I
5: was 14 going on 15. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I'm pretty sure that I would have been. I would have watched it on DVD with my mum because that was at that period where we were watching all that sort of thing. And um, yeah, it's like I absolutely loved it. So it's pre- it's very much a reflection of its time in a post-scream world, in the way of the Kevin Williamson style, like fast-talking teens and cracking and ridiculously hot actors and meta. Yes. And meta. It's also got a lot of (laughs) nods and Easter eggs to the big (laughs) horror franchises. And, of course, even features Robert Englund, Danielle Harris and Brad Dourif. So, basically, the film starts off with student Michelle Mancini. (laughs) Mancini. (laughs) Driving in the rain at night. She stops at a gas station and the attendant tries to warn her that, spoiler alert, (laughs) dot, 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 there's someone in the backseat. That's scene. not a spoiler. It's Darrr. a scene. That's, yeah.
5: I mean, that always reminds me of that, of Body Bags. Yeah. That whole, that whole sequence. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's Brad Dourif. As we, yeah. will,
0: as
3: yeah. we will discover later in the show, there are so many urban legends throughout movies that have come, uh, included in this oh, film. Oh, so yeah. many.
4: Yeah. Filtered their way into
3: other things. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that, I mean, that urban legend right there has been in other
4: movies. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. And yeah. it's
3: Natasha Gregson Wagner
5: too, is the, uh, yeah. the girl in the car, daughter of Robert Wagner. And uh, Natalie, not, I don't think it is Natalie Wood. I think don't it's know. Robert Wood. Definitely Rob, hmm. Robert Wagner. But it's, um, that was the whole, I mean, I don't know if that's, is is the whole thing of what happened to Natalie Wood an urban legend?
4: No. It's no like it's, uh, it's yeah, a, it's uh, just a, yeah, yeah grey gray area. Was my she murdered or did she drown? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah.
5: yeah. my, my favourite is that it was, you know, was it Robert Wagner walked in on her and Christopher Walken yep. having an f- affair and threw her over the side? But no, the better one is no Natalie walked in on Robert Wagner and Christopher Walken.
0: Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
3: She walked in and Christopher oh. went, wow. Oh.
4: <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so a number of murders start playing out around Alicia Witt's character of Natalie and all in the style of Urban Legends. Of course, we then get the old, age old trope of no one believing Natalie and her trying to prove her theory as more people are c- picked off. So the first scene, as we just discussed in particular, has always stuck with me and always freaked me out. Like I just, yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's the first thing I think of when I think of that movie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I saw it at the
3: cinemas and I remember thinking, this is better than screen. Yeah, I know that's yeah. blasphemous to you, but yeah, like, you yeah, know, no, but no. I mean, I, I, I love them both. Like, yeah. I,
4: yeah, I absolutely love them both. Um, yeah, I mean, who hasn't gotten scared when on a long drive at night and you start to think about someone being in the back seat? <laughs> but also,
3: like you know, Brad Dourif like stutters his way through that scene, right? Because he's essentially yeah. doing Billy from Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah, yeah. And yet, like, he, he can't get it out that there's someone. Yeah. In the, but right at the end, he doesn't stutter
4: at all. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's someone it's in the back. The back seat. Seat. I know, I know, climbing. <laughs> yeah. like you just said that from the I start. Know. <laughs> I know. I know. I <laughs> know.
3: <laughs> the, and the whole like you know, come into the gas oh, station. Come I know in. that lock
4: the yeah, door, yeah, like the door behind yeah. it. Not
3: like, excuse the, me, there's someone in the back. Yeah, yeah, the phone's off the <laughs> hook. <Yeah>. Like, <laughs>
4: you know what?
3: This movie shit. <laughs> no, it's not. It's and right.
4: then that, and then the other death that really has always stuck with me over the years is the Dean's death with the spikes in the yeah. car park. Those spikes. I, I, I went for a hike. I don't know, like a couple of months ago. And you, on the way out, you had to drive over the spikes. Yeah. And those spikes fucking stress me out yeah. so yeah. much. Like, it's really stressful. I so think of,
3: I think of that scene a lot when yes. I go past them. Yeah.
4: Yeah. It's, it's so the death well in done. It's uh,
3: uh, almost like um, Final Destination. Yeah. Like. It,
4: totally. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So the movie's super fast paced. It's got an awesome soundtrack. Super funny. Lots of jump scares is fucking ridiculous if you mm-hmm. actually yeah, like, totally. think about it. But I think that's like a lot of the charm of oh, it. That's horror. like none of it, like, yeah, you just can't think about it. But also it's kind of fun to think about it. There's like, this is not possible at all. Like, <laughs> this is so good, yeah,
5: the I don't understand how, I've never understood in any horror film, not mm. just this one. But yeah. Then, yeah, there's always like you walk into a room and you don't know that someone's yes, or yeah. is there. Or, yeah. or, yeah. No, or you're you walk
3: into a room and don't turn the light on.
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because your roommate's banging. Oh. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. <laughs> And you put your put her little she, like shitty headphones she on. She yelled oh, at you last sleep. time, just straight to yeah. sleep.
5: <laughs> Instead of like, come on, Alicia Witt, yeah. watch and
4: yeah, yeah, hello, join in, yeah. As if you wouldn't be having a little peek, like you'd be <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I'm asleep, yeah. I'm asleep. Oh,
5: like, yeah, just
4: <laughs> like I <eye> open like, <laughs> yeah.
5: like, yeah, Mel's
3: just revealed a lot.
5: put in, yeah. that, <laughs> put in that white noise machine and uh, yeah. flick, flick the bean yeah. to the show. Yeah.
4: <laughs> So as Ben said, it's super meta. Uh, The Dawson's Creek gag with Joshua Jackson, so So fucking good. It's so good. Uh, Yeah, it's just so much fun and a huge part of my teen years. I just it's a glorious film. It It, it holds up
3: very well now. Yeah, it it does. It it, it looks better than all the other slashes of the at the time. It's
4: beautifully shot. Like it's yeah, yeah, stunning. Well,
3: good way to get us started on urban legends. What about you, Ben? What do you got for your first? Well, funnily enough,
5: I also I did watch Urban Legends. Yeah. And then I heard that that Melzi was doing it. Oh, bitch.
4: So, yeah. <laughs>
5: if it's not you, it's the boneheads. Always stealing my <laughs> films. So then, did you, uh, so then did you watch
4: number two? Yeah, number two. <laughs>
3: <laughs> which is a good movie.
5: I'm going to put it out there. Well, look, it's interesting you say that because like it had been a long time since like I think same as you. I think yep. I saw Urban Legends at the Urban Legend at the cinemas. Yep. And I don't think I've seen it since then. Sure. And I was shocked at how well it held up and how mm. much I really enjoyed it. Mm. But then I remember seeing Urban Legend Final Cut. Yeah. Yeah. Which is on video, yep. which is number two, and thinking it was excellent. Mm-hmm. And then watching it again and going, Oh, I don't know. Like it definitely gets better as it goes, but it does pres- oh, like I, I mean they the really scenes
4: the
3: which is but cut from the same the, from the first movie, yeah, isn't yeah. it? The the opening, isn't it? Like, yeah, oh no, is it the airplane scene as the opening scene? Oh,
4: is it? Is it not in the hospital? I can't remember. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. I ben can tell us. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I
3: just watched it. I'm like, what <laughs> hospital?
4: Yeah, plane? Isn't she? Like, oh no, it's, no, it's him... the
5: plane. Yeah, the plane. Yeah. Stuff. Oh, okay. But yeah. it's the yeah. movie that they're shooting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay. It's like the it's the um it's the De Palma thing. Yeah, where yes, they're yeah. shooting the whole movie in the in the movie. Yeah. Bloody Mm-hmm. And and uh, blow and uh, blow yeah we blow up blow, blow up
4: or blow out whatever the, the De Palma one is yeah whatever the Travolta one is <laughs> yeah
5: and he looked, Travolta looks unhappy to be working on that film <laughs> shut <laughs> up that looks, that movie looks awesome
2: yeah
5: uh, <laughs> so it uh, didn't hold up it look it look it gets thanks to the performance of a couple of the cast members it does kind of redeem itself at the end I don't want to spoil it yeah spoil it, mm. who, who it is but um he really does save the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, like, it, look, they try they try a bit hard with the MacGuffins. They also mm. have to really, they work way too hard to get the whole urban, the urban legend part into it. Yeah. yeah. Which is what I found, like, because it's not really, it's not really like urban legend is, you know, they f- discover all these killings that are happening be- yeah. and that are based on urban yeah. legends. Yeah. Whereas in this one, it, it, it's half, it's virtually halfway through the film that Jennifer Morrison, who is the star of the film, mm. Uh, it's like, oh, I'm going to make my, because f- the, uh, the movie is, I suppose I should give a bit of context. <laughs> yeah. so basically the film is set at another university, it's yep. a, but this time it's a film school. Same security yep. guard. Yep. Yep. Yes. She's Same so fucking guard. good. She's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Um, yeah. So Jennifer Morrison is the kind of lead. Uh, Joey Lawrence is one of the other students, oh, which God. is great. <laughs> a very early performance, I think from Eva Mendes. Yes. Like one of the crew and she's yep. a minor one. Gen- That's Jessica. right. Jessica Caulfield, who would appear in Jamie Blanks' follow-up uh, Valentine. Valentine, yep. Uh, Anthony Anderson and Michael Bacall are there for the comedy relief, and they, in my head, they play basically the same characters in Scream Three. Are they in? Well, that? no.
3: Was it number two of? Um, I know it did last summer. Maybe it wasn't. I thought An- that's An- Jeff Black. Anthony Anderson was in that, wasn't he? Maybe He's I don't right. know. I don't know. Oh, I don't
5: okay. But isn't Anthony which is the one where they're making the movie in in Scream?
3: Number three. Is yeah, it three? three. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's three.
5: More, I mean It's Janice and Bob, I guess. Yeah, yes. That's the yeah. crossover. Yes. But um, <laughs> Jacinda, Australia, I think Australian Jacinda Barrett is she's the oh, one yeah. at the start who wakes up in the and that was a scene that was um. But yeah, so look, they're 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 all in a film. They're at film school and there's a prestigious uh, award called the uh, Hitchcock, yeah, which <laughs> launches. Apparently, if you win, if you have got the best short film, you get a career in Hollywood. And if you have the second best film or below, your life is over. That's (laughs) the theme of the film. Get out of here! But I remember that the opening scene, which I think is is the Jacinta um, Barrett uh, scene, being like. Yeah, it's the kidney, the kidney transplant. Waking up in a like getting mm, ice, into, yep. yes. and waking up in a bathtub of ice. And then yep. there's a great bit where she tries to escape out the window, and he grabs her by the kidney That's wound, right. yeah, yes, and you yeah. see him kind of pull it apart. Yes. yes, it's it's super amazing. But you kind of think <laughs> it, the, the whole scene actually, when you think about it afterwards, is pointless because yep. if he was going to kill her, why did he stitch her back up and put her in the bath of ice? He could have just left her off ice, unless yep. he wanted yeah. to harvest more organs. But then he's still wasting a lot of time by cleaning his... (laughs) He wanted the urban
3: legend to come to fruition. Yeah, it's a really big
5: one. And that's, you know, the killer is a lot more... Like, in the first one, all the killer is wearing is like a parka. Yeah. And a balaclava covering their face. Which is so
4: hilarious. In this one, they're wearing
5: like a... They're wearing (laughs) a fencing...
3: Yeah, yeah. But it uh, looks cool. Like, it's a cool looking. Yeah, it looks
4: cool. Thing. And I
5: think they're desperately trying to turn it into a franchise at that mm. point by giving you the killer more of a, mm. like, a Jason yeah. type yep. Yep. look. Yep. Um. But, you know, look there, you know, the effects are pretty cool. Jennifer Morrison's all right. Uh, as a, you know, as the, you know, not as good as Alicia Witt, but, yep. you know, good as a kind of yeah. the, the straight man, I guess. Yep, yep, Yeah. But then it's got a pretty good car. Like, it does have it. So, yeah. Ants on Mountain pops up. Um, I think I mentioned that already
3: uh, well I mean everybody uh, wanted to be part of what might be the next big franchise yeah. right because Scream had been doing well yeah. I know he did last summer yeah. oh and I
5: forgot um, yeah Hart Bochner is in too which is great from Die Hard mm. um,
4: what uh, What year did that come out
5: uh, a couple
4: of years after
5: like it t- came out
3: 2002 2000
4: 2000
3: yeah. Right. yeah yeah. there we go That's so is, is, that, is that a recommendation yeah. or is that just a look it's definitely worth I mean look Hey, it's better than Urban Legend 3. Yeah, I was going to say. Bloody Mary. Yeah. I don't want to
5: cast, cast dispersions on uh, Bloody Mary, but uh, yeah, this one. Well, let's uh, quickly
3: mention that because this did spawn a franchise, mm. right? So, number three was Bloody Mary, which yeah. was directed by Mary Lambert. Yeah. And that's what blows my mind. Mm. She's a,
4: and written by Michael Doherty. Yeah, one of right. The so, yeah. so, like, she's the
3: woman that gave us Pet Cemetery. Yeah.
4: And then she makes Bloody Mary, yeah. which is
3: bloody awful. Yeah. Has, has, have they ever explained why they've spelt cemetery wrong? Um, Because kids created the cemetery and they painted uh, they the paint sign. Their, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that's the book title as well. Yeah, yes, right. Yeah. Um, and did you know there was a fourth um, urban legend that they retitled for release? No. And it ended up being called Ghosts of Goldfield with Roddy Piper. Oh. That was Urban Legend Four.
5: Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yep. Wow. I might have to watch that. Oh, awful! Awesome. Yeah. I, I have
3: it here somewhere. You can probably it. borrow it and keep it. Jeez. <laughs> it was released through here. It was released through Peacock back in the day.
5: Oh well, the mark of quality. <laughs> <laughs> er- erotic, erotic thrillers. So, and uh, so you know adult the, gems. I mean, you know that
3: franchises movies. fizzled when they're like, you know what? We don't need a part four. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah when, yeah, Peacock, yeah, when Peacock yeah, it. So when you've
4: already had Bloody Mary come out, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: Which I mean, the big mistake there is turning what is a slasher franchise into a supernatural franchise. You mm. Don't do that. Yeah. Which I think I oh, know it did last summer. It did with part three yes. as well. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Which are urban legend movies. Yeah. If you think about that. Yeah. All right. The man and the hook. Mm-hmm. The man and the hook. Yeah. All righty. Good one. Let's um. Let's check out what Guillermo's got to say. Play a song, and then we'll come back for more.
6: What's happening everybody, it's Guillermo here from ScreenRealm.com and ScreenRealm on YouTube. As always, I'm here to tell you about a few of the big movie news stories you may have missed or heard about during the last week. And we've got some big stories. Kicking off with Hugh Jackman reprising his role as Wolverine in the upcoming Deadpool movie. That's right, Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman took to YouTube with a video with both of them confirming that, yes indeed, Deadpool 3, which is going to be the first Deadpool movie in the MCU, will be bringing back Hugh Jackman as Wolverine there is of course not much at all known about deadpool 3 although we do know who's directing and that is sean levi who directed ryan reynolds in free guy and the adam project and whose credits include the night at the museum movies date night real steel and 10 episodes of stranger things which he executive produces as of now deadpool 3 is expected to be released in cinemas in september 2024. a third installment in the now you see me franchise has been greenlit and the director has been chosen at the helm will be ruben flasher whose credits include venom and the recent uncharted movie and behind the screenplay will be seth graham smith whose credits include abraham lincoln vampire hunter pride and prejudice and zombies as well as the lego batman movie said flasher in a statement there are three things in this world i absolutely love jesse eisenberg woody harrelson and magic to have the chance to work with these two talented actors as well as the rest of the incredible cast of the now you see movies is a dream come true i am a lifelong fan of heist movies i love getting Drawn in by twists and the mystery, where nothing is what it seems, and that's even more true in the thieves and magicians. The opportunities are endless. End quote. It's actually a little surprising that it's taken this long for a third Nausea movie, considering that the first two combined made over 686 million worldwide. Armor Wars, that was one of the shows that Marvel Studios had in line for Disney+, but now that's being redeveloped as a feature film. Among the main characters of the project is Colonel James Rhodes, aka War Machine, and he remains the focus of the movie, with Don Cheadle reprising the role. Screenwriter Yassi Laster, who was acting as the head writer on the series, will remain as the feature screenwriter. Hollywood Reporter broke that news, reporting that as of now there's still no director, and if the plan for a 2023 start of production has changed. Ozark star and director Jason Bateman has signed up to direct a Netflix thriller. The streaming giant has preemptively acquired the feature rights to an upcoming book titled dark wire which uncovers the true story of how the fbi launched a fake telecom company and became a phone service provider to some of the world's most notorious gangs which culminated in the arrest of more than a thousand international criminals the book is from joseph cox who is a journalist at vice motherboard adapting the screenplay is matthew orton known for operation finale jason bateman previously directed films bad words and the family fang the next film from director Yorgos Lanthimos, whose credits include *The Favorite* and *The Lobster*, has signed up Emma Stone, Jesse Plemons, Willem Dafoe, and Margaret Qualley. Still, no plot details known for the film, which has been titled *And*. Lanthimos is also writing the screenplay with F. Themis Pooh, hope I'm saying that right, who have previously worked together on *Dogtooth*, *The Lobster*, and *The Killing of a Sacred Deer*, among other works. That about does it for me, guys. Be sure to go to YouTube and hit Screen Realm up there. Every week, I provide a video movie news rundown covering some of these biggest news stories in much more detail. This past week, I was also lucky enough to conduct a video interview with producer, writer, creator, and director Brian Fuller. We chat about the new Shutter series Queer for Fear. And, of course, I had to ask him about Hannibal and a potential fourth season there. Thanks so much, everyone. Catch you next week.
3: Hey guys, did you know that if you have the Newsly app on your phone and you type in urban legends into the search bar, it's gonna find a whole lot of news articles and stories from around the world. It's gonna put them right into the palm of your own hand. That's the magic of this thing. Newsly is a super app and it coordinates and tailors news articles and stories from all around the world, over 80 countries in fact, and puts them all into your phone. This is really handy if you're in a position when you can't possibly read on your phone because you're driving somewhere or you're just at the gym, whatever, it's gonna read all of these things straight to you. So all of that news, all of that content, right in your ear hole, in a really natural human voice too. The best part of this is it's a free app, cost you nothing, it's the best way, best place to listen to the Good Movie Monday podcast. Here's the kicker though, if you wanna give their premium service a try, why wouldn't you? You get a free month. If you use the Monday code, M-N-D-A-Y, Monday without the O, punch that in. You'll get a free month of premium service. Can't get better than that. Get the Newsly app on your phone or visit newsly.me now. That, that song there was called Man in the Moon. It was a band called Imperial Drag from a 1997 movie called Campfire Tales. Do you remember this one? No, I well, haven't seen it. oddly enough, it's my first recommendation. Ah, <laughs> I'll have to watch it. Then. I'm going to keep this tight, though, because we are going to throw to our conversation with Jamie Blanks in a moment. But at Campfire Tales, like I said, 97, three directors. It's an anthology horror film. And the premise is essentially a bunch of teenagers that are driving home from a concert, have an accident. It's in the middle of the night. So, whilst they're waiting for help to arrive, they light a campfire in an old abandoned hospital <laughs> and tell campfire stories. And they're all nice. urban legends. And, look, it's, it's, it's a strange movie. I'll go quickly through the three stories that they tell. The first one is The Honeymoon, which is about two honeymooners that stop in an RV park and they're tormented by an unknown creature. And um, it's the whole story of the cops rocking up and saying, don't look back. You know, come towards us, don't look back. And, of course, there's someone mm. hanging above their RV or their car and they're hanging and their toes are scraping the roof. Like Joshua
4: Jackson.
3: (laughs) Exactly. So each of these stories have wound up in the Urban Legends movies, right? (laughs) Because this came first, so, you know, got to it. (laughs) But uh, the second one is uh, about the predator that's under the bed and licks the girl's hands and she thinks Mm -hmm. it's the dog, Mm -hmm. which I think is in Urban Legend Final Cut. That's one of my favourite urban legends, yeah, that one. Like, is that not the creepiest thing ever? It's so creepy. But I think Campfire Tales tells it really well. Like, yeah, it's, it's right. a really good rendition of it. Uh, any hand licking is a bit creepy.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm glad my dog sleeps on my bed. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the that. third
3: one is a weird sort of history repeating itself kind of moment with a stranger on a farm and a, an axe murdering father. And I can't quite figure out where the urban legend is because mm. it's not one I'm aware of, but it's always and then that
5: Shirley Bassey and the propeller heads. <laughs> <Yeah.
3: thing laughs> it's, it's always the licking one that, yeah. that really does it for me. He's licking me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That <tickled> Sorry.
5: Me. <laughs> my favorite bit, my favorite bit out of Ravenous. Oh my goodness.
3: Um, the cast is pretty good, but firstly, this one uh, was released straight to video back in our video store days, Ben. I don't know if you remember it on the shelves, but I felt like it was a cut above most of the director video ones. Mm. The cast had up and comers like James Marsden, Amy Smart, mm. Ron Livingston's in there, Christopher Masterson, Glenn Quinn, if you remember him from Buffy, yeah, the Irish guy that died. Uh, and then, as you mentioned before, Aussie actress uh, Jacinda Barrett. Or Barrett. So there you go, that was one of her first films Yeah, Yeah, Mm. so a forgotten movie from the 90s I reckon it's worth looking up I think it's on YouTube for free So have a squiz Hey, should we talk to Jamie Blanks, Ben? Or have we already? (laughs) 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 No, we caught up with him just the other day Uh, Pulled together fairly last minute by yourself Thank you, sir That was much appreciated
5: Jamie is a very, very nice
3: man So we've spoken about uh, it Yeah, we've spoken about Urban Legend Let's maybe get the story straight from the horse's
2: mouth this is what we call an urban legend. The babysitter and the man upstairs. Speaking hiding about a guy in a woman's backseat. Urban
1: legend.
3: Someone's taking all these urban legends and making them reality. Now playing. Jamie, thank you for dropping in mate. It's um I hope you're well. It's great to be chatting with you. Um this week on our show we're talking about urban legends in cinema and I don't think there's anybody that's better to talk to than than you for that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm I- <laughs> was r- responsible for
3: that that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I know like over over the years um you've gone you've gone into great detail to talk about how you landed this gig and you were passed over mm. with Scream and I know what you did last summer those stories are pretty well documented. What mm. I'm interested to know though is going from a student filmmaker at Swinburne in Melbourne um to I guess making one of the biggest horror films of the year in Hollywood or Canada as it was. Was that a shock to your system? Like, how did how do you react no, to that was, when you're in your twenties? It was great. I mean, I I, I thought
1: um, uh, that uh, they might come to their senses and 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 hire a real director at some point, and I uh-huh. was going to get kicked to the curb. But no, they um they were they were wonderful, very supportive of me. They they um they knew that I loved the genre and I was very passionate about the genre. And and I uh, I even had I had dinner with Wes Craven, Silvio the screenwriter, and I got to have dinner with Wes. Uh, one night and we were both very keen to make sure we didn't screw up what he just started by, um, by making a bad slasher movie in the wake of Scream. We wanted to make sure that uh, we, 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 kept the, you know, the quality high and we um, uh, tried to bring a lot more production value and, and style to the, you know, to, to the movie than the average slasher film had, had up to that point. So that was kind of our goal was to make a really um, fun, a film in this in the spirit of screen without ripping it off. And and I thought Silvio had done a really great job coming up with a, a really fun concept that kind of stood on its own.
5: I'm just I'm really curious though how you how you handled like going from doing like student films and short films and your own stuff with your with your friends to having to deal with heads of department and studio executives and cinematographers and you know the whole the well it was actually
1: it, it was it was great because everyone was actually getting paid on this one. <laughs> <laughs> They're all happy to be there. I, I wasn't having to beg borrow and steal to get the movies made. So um really very similar to what we've been doing in the past, just we had a lot more resources and a lot more um I had a lot more help around me. People who've made more movies than I had that I could lean on and ask questions. And I was never afraid to ask a question. Like if I did not know the answer to something, I wasn't gonna just try and bluff my way through like pretend that i knew everything i i I was quite open by the fact that i'm making my first movie and this is what i'm trying to achieve and what's what's the best way we can achieve uh, that result and people were really happy to help me so um it was it was a great experience i had a really really good time i i I definitely felt thrown in the deep end it was particularly nerve-wracking the first day but once it got beyond that it was um
5: it was really fun i really enjoyed it like I can just like just thinking about <laughs> put myself in that position now yeah. and like my my trousers are it's turning into brand. <laughs> I was
3: I was about to say I would be shitting <laughs> myself.
1: Yeah, it was it was it was nerve-wracking at times. I mean my biggest fear was that I was gonna get behind schedule. Um as long as you're delivering good rushes and you and you're staying on top of your schedule, um, the pressure's off. You know, I, I'm not I'm not gonna you know bring about as much scrutiny over what I'm doing. And the studio were very happy with the rushes and I was just really careful with my line producer, and, um, Michael McDonald, to make sure we stayed on, we had realistic days, you know, that we were supposed to get through a realistic amount of schedule and, and then I, and I, I made my days. So as long as I um, stayed in that lane, I was good.
3: You, you spoke about, um, you know, where's Craven starting this whole, you know, new movement or new, new wave of uh, slashes through the 90s. I think... Urban Legend is a much better looking film on screen. Like, I really, really love this one. And I watched it recently, like, just prepping for this conversation, and I was blown away by how amazing it, it looks and it holds up really well. It's got a really sort of gothic look that a lot of the contemporaries at the time didn't have. Was that something that came off the page, or was that you putting yourself into it?
1: That was something that I was looking for. I mean, when we, when we were scouting locations, I definitely wanted to find some, uh, you know, gothic kind of architecture. And the University of Toronto just, it was, I mean, apart from the fact that that university is right smack bang in the middle of a city and our university is supposed to be out in a rural area. Apart from that, it was, it was ideal. So I just had to make make sure I avoided seeing any skyline in the background. And, And then we actually went to another university further North in Canada and did some aerial stuff to kind of place it in that sort of rural setting. Um, so, yeah, the University of Toronto was, was, was just fantastic. It was really, I mean, we had full access to the university. I mean, I felt sorry for the kids that were doing exams and I had lightning blasts going off every bloody night while they're trying to study. So I probably didn't endear myself to too many of those kids. But we had a, <laughs> it was a great location. And, um, yeah, it really gave, there was that gothic look that I was after. And, um, yeah, it was, it was we just really lucked out there.
3: Were there any like movies in your mind that you were mentally turning to for inspiration given that you had the gothic thing, you know? Well, no, not not so much in terms of the
1: architecture, but I I made my um cinematographer look at Catherine Bigelow's Blue Steel for lighting that I, that I really that I really liked. I had him look at Nightmare on Elm Street 4 and Evil Dead 2 in terms of some camera work that I that I was trying to emulate at times and I just we just we just sort of sat down and watched blasted through a whole lot of movies that I um that I, that I wanted to draw inspiration from one way or the other. And I just yeah, made him watch a whole lot of stuff that he probably normally wouldn't be watching. But I was, was, was going to say,
5: is that one of the, the best parts of being a director of a film is that you get to force your crew to love the films that you love? Like you get, you send them to boot camp of like, <laughs> this, this is the good stuff.
1: Um, yeah, I, I sort of do. I mean, a few of my um, crew members were kind of into horror. Michael Rosenbaum was a big horror film. Nah, uh, so he was really into all that stuff. But no, it is kind of it is kind of fun forcing the um <laughs> some of these people to watch movies, and uh, and kind of get a sense of where you're coming from stylistically.
3: I um I heard or read somewhere recently that you made the same mistake I did when you landed in Canada and and didn't dress for the occasion. And oh yeah, sorry, I remember my eyelids freezing shut.
1: Um yeah, it was freezing. <laughs> I um I just come from LA, and. <laughs> You know, I sort of packed my bags in a hurry. This thing happened really quickly for me. Um, so I wasn't really prepared for Canada. So um, I, I made sure once I got to Canada, I bought lots of um, appropriate clothing because um, you know, I'd, I'd, only, I'd only been to the snow a couple of times in my life and hadn't really ex- experienced sub-zero temperatures um, until I got to Toronto. Yeah. Uh,
5: fun, yeah. Funnily enough, I've, I just watched this video on YouTube about this couple who are immigrating to Canada from the UK. And oh, they, yeah. were, they were warned, like, you know, <laughs> you need to dress appropriately. And they're like, We're from the UK. Like, yeah, yeah. How how cold is it gonna get? It's not gonna be a problem. And getting there and you know, <laughs> <laughs> just like in the airport, like all of the people, all of the staff at the airport as they're leaving going, hang on, are you sure you're ready to <laughs> yeah. leave the airport?
3: <laughs> yeah, I'd flown in from Hawaii, so that was a massive culture. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> so um, like- we'll scout
1: when we were scouting locations, everything was still under snow. So I had to actually ask for photographs of some of these locations in the summer months because I, I I really couldn't tell what they were going to look like once the snow was going to thaw out. So, yeah, it was interesting. <laughs>
7: <laughs> yeah.
3: So phenomen- phenomenal cast here too. Um, Jared Leto, Alicia Witt, um, Rebecca Gayhart, Michael Rosenbaum, as you said, Joshua Jackson, I- just to name some. I can't believe that when you started that train, Jared Leto was the first name. That <laughs> you. <laughs> Well, no,
1: Jared Leto, he was the only one who came with the project. The studio wanted Jared in the movie. I'd never really, I didn't know who he was. I didn't watch um, his TV show or anything, but um, I was, you know, I was happy to to take Jared on uh, as as they wanted. I mean, it was my first movie. I was, you know, I, I didn't really carry a whole lot of clout, but the studio let me cast everyone else. So, I mean, that whole cast, we discovered in the audition process, and, and we got really lucky. I mean, we found some fantastic people. I
3: was all going to say, of between... which, all of which have gone on to amazing things.
5: Amazing mm-hmm. things. I was going to say, but between between Urban Legend and Valentine, you cast every single one of my crushes <laughs> of that of that period.
1: Oh, that's good. Yeah. Know, we, Josh, Josh Jackson. When, I cast, when I cast Claudia Carvin in Long Weekend, so many of my Australian mates uh, confessed to me that they'd grown up having a huge crush on Claudia. So
5: yeah, uh, big
3: deal yeah. all the way. <laughs> heartbreak, heartbreak, kid—the whole, the whole yeah. thing. But I, I want to know, Ben. Like, who would you have led with when you're listing off the actors? Oh, Alicia Witt, or, <laughs> Alicia, or Brad Dorif, or Robert England. Well, I'm getting to them. I'm getting to them. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs> Better me to the punch. But I think enough time has passed now, Jamie, that um, you can probably dish some dirt on some of them. Who was an asshole? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, look, I, ne- I would never say. I would never
3: say. That's very unprofessional of me. <laughs> all right, so, Ben, uh, let's do the whole Robert Englund, Brad Dourif thing. I remember, mm. like, like obviously two of Hollywood's biggest boogie men, but I remember watching this at the cinemas, and at the time, Brad Dourif was, like, my favourite actor of all time. And was it a pinch-yourself moment to have these guys in your film? Like, what would they like to work with?
8: Oh, they were
1: wonderful. I mean, Brad was. Brad sort of popped into my head when I was reading that opening scene. Um, it must have been because of the, um, the stuttering character he played in One floor with of the Nest or something. But I just, I imagined Brad for some reason in my head uh, when I was reading the script. And it was so wonderful that he actually agreed to do that little cameo in the movie. So, um, no, I loved working with Brad. We had a lovely time working together. It was only, it was only three or four nights. Um, and poor Brad was constantly being drenched in the rain. But he would be standing around um, the gas heaters between takes and all that. Um, moisture would evaporate off him um, In steam, he looked like his character From Spontaneous Combustion <laughs> and, I, and I told him "You he, he reminded me of that movie, he goes You watched that piece of shit and you gave me a job You need your head rep, Jamie <laughs> I find I, I that I like that movie
5: I find but, um, it so amazing that so many of these guys Look back on their career And these movies that we absolutely idolise And they are like Oh, really? Yeah,
1: I I've got a signed copy of Class of '1984' signed by Tim Van Patten, who played Stegman, and he hates the movies. Says, so I think, you know, thanks Jamie for suffering through this movie. I'm like one of my favourite films. <laughs> suffering <laughs> through it. <laughs> He's great in the movie too. Um, yes. Yeah, so, so so Brad was wonderful, and so was uh, Robert Englund. I mean, he actually came in for an audition, and I, I hadn't even dawned on me to um to think of using Robert until um, my casting director sort of suggested him. I'm like that's an amazing idea. He comes with all that great baggage from um, Elm Street and he was such a lovely man. And you know, I said, you don't even really need to read for the role, Robert. If you want to do this part, I mean the part's yours he goes, Well, I'm here, I'll read for it. And he was fantastic. And I literally offered him the, the part on the spot. You know, it was um, it was just a joy working with those guys. And um, and we had Danielle Harris from from Elm from Halloween. So um, yeah, we got many of the horror franchises kind of ticked off
5: um, along the way with little little pinos they make great MacGuffins in the film. Like they, because of the yeah, yeah. that they bring with them, everyone automatically thinks, oh, I know what, you know, I bet you this is what's going to happen. And, uh, you know, really helps the, really helps the whole, the whole film.
1: Right. Yeah. No, it, it really does. And a lot of, a lot of horror fans kind of really responded to the fact that these these people were in the film. So it was, um, yeah, it was just a, a fun little thing to do. And I just, um, it was a great chance for me to get to work with some people that i admired for such a long time.
3: I think there was some really interesting and very cool um, marketing with this one. Like you had the Pop Rocks, I think you were sending out to, was it the, the yeah. premiere you had Pop Rocks given to the audience?
1: Uh, yeah. I think, I think Sony pictures did something like that. That was, that was a fun idea.
3: <laughs> I'm curious, how, how
5: did you deal with like a lot of the urban legends that you, that you'd cover in the film and stuff have, you know, and it is an element of the film that they all have There's different tellings and different, mm-hmm. different things. Like how did you kind of, you and obviously the screenwriter kind of decide which which versions you were going to go with well
1: we sort of landed on on the most popular kind of the most common um telling we wanted I mean it was good I being Australian I'd heard many of those urban legends um there's a couple like the gang high beam initiation I'd never heard of that one and stuff yeah. but I knew most of the other ones so it was kind of obvious I thought, well if I know them you know in Australia they're kind of going to have some sort of universal appeal so I can't I to kind of steer them into the direction of the ones that we that we knew the best, and also which ones, which versions worked best for our movie, you know, and, and for our, for our, for our scenes and setting. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: You should think about doing like a an Aussie, an Aussie remake, and doing all the Aussie <laughs> urban legends, <and laughs> yeah. making it completely ochre. <laughs> yeah, yeah it be um, fine.
1: I've, I just saw Eli Roth um, done a TV series where he's dramatising some of these urban legends. that come out. that comes out in October.
3: All right. <laughs> We're looking out for that one uh, you mentioned yeah. before like um you took some influence from like your nightmare on elm streets and evil Dead and and things like that so i'm curious about um whether or not you have ever seen the sequel to urban legends final cut because oh, i know yeah. that your your producer gina matthews went on to produce that one what yeah, do you yeah, think they, of that film
1: they off, they offered that to me I, I i was developing another picture at phoenix um uh, at the time and um i wasn't i wasn't. Um, interested in doing the um the sequel without silvio and without the um we we had a kind of idea for a, a sequel to the movie that we sort of set up at the end of the first movie but they went in a different direction and they asked me a couple of times to do that but um i just i just wasn't interested in doing the sequel
5: no, But it's funny like now that i think about it you know there is that like you rebecca Gayhart at one point does talk about the whole bath of ice Yes, transplant thing, and then they kind of lead off with that in the. Well, they needed.
1: They needed to. That was that was shot after the fact. They they tested the movie and it was oh, testing yeah. badly. They needed to. Um, they needed to amp up the the, the film, so they actually went back and shot that whole uh, kidney heist thing as a, as a pick up sequence. So that yeah, was right. done after the fact, but um,
5: it's the best part of the film, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, probably it's probably the <laughs> most intense part of the movie.
3: Yeah, and that was that was what written by Scott Derrickson, who just yeah, that that's right, phone yeah yeah wow yep. awesome well we're just about out of time but i just want to thank you so much for hanging out with us mate it, um your work definitely means a lot to me i think that particularly storm warning is one of my favorite aussie horror films of all time so. oh thank you yeah i'm very yeah. proud of
1: Storm warning. we put a lot of work into that movie that was a minor miracle we got to shoot that in 24 days considering how many practical effects and things there were in the film mate that was i would love
3: i would love to have you back to chat about that one that's uh that's yeah it's a very anytime awesome
5: I do, uh, just before you go, Jamie, I did want to ask, who is responsible for the uh, the Dawson's Creek gag with Joshua Jackson? <laughs> that was me.
1: That was <laughs> me. I, um, I said to Josh, I said on um, one of the takes, I said, just on this one, pretend the theme song of your show just popped on for two <laughs> seconds and react appropriately. And he did, I and mean, then we just, when we did the preview screening, we used that take and dropped in the track just to see how, and that was at tested that, that was the most popular moment in the entire movie. They had to go and license that track just for those, you know, second and a <laughs> half of music. So, um, but yeah, the, the audience really loved that. And that was kind of us, us being a little meta and kind of letting the audience in on the fact that we're not taking this all seriously, that we're all, you know, just having a bit of fun
3: awesome stuff man and that is hilarious but yeah thanks so much uh, it's awesome to have you on the show and uh, yeah, let's have you back to to discuss some other stuff
1: anytime guys it was great to see you
3: fantastic cool. thank you thank you so much
8: no worries welcome to boathead weekly fun size chad was... was something large in his throat cholera I was... chad, chad has
7: cholera i was flimmy
8: yeah yeah flimmy he sang from that one band right yeah <laughs> anyway, go chad we're talking about urban
7: legend movies ba, 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 ba. so there's many so ways here and say it five times yeah there's many ways i could go with this but when you're in talking about urban dark. legends yeah <clears throat> i want to talk about when any chance i get just like james i want to talk about nicholas cage i'm going to talk about eight millimeter yeah that's, that's a good one yeah. uh urban no. uh so yeah, it's all about the urban legend of a snuff film. If you don't know what a snuff film is, it's a film where somebody actually is murdered. Yeah. And uh some uh, a man comes and uh, murdered. Yes, and <laughs> Nicholas Cage is a detective, uh private detective and he is hired by this man who says, you know, uh I somebody sent me this film, please find out if it's real or not.
9: He yeah, well he's hired by the widow.
7: Well, the widow yes of the man sorry james correct um
9: have you seen the movie chad brought about 95 minutes. <laughs> <men.
7: laughs> is watching nicholas cage go deep down into this this well and it's joaquin phoenix too in a, in a lesser known role that he doesn't get credit for um as well he's
9: really really well he, really, he's really good
7: really. really good and it's an amazing film one of joel schumacher's best not dc cab great but it's still great.
9: Well, and what I love about it, there's a great exchange and I won't ruin it for anybody with the villain.
7: Yeah. The machine, right?
9: The machine. Yeah. And where he has this entire thing. And if you want a movie that goes into why is he the way he is, his response when he's, when he's encountering cage and, uh, mm. and he has this line about, I, you probably wonder why I am the way that I am. I'm not going to do the rest of the line, but yeah, it's one don't. of my favorite lines yeah in in just movies it's just also great
7: movie. also too, one 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 that's real quickly uh if if you love peter stormare he does a he is a great villain in this movie I highly recommend checking it out
9: it's it's so uh, quotable. <laughs> quotable don't make me repeat myself i sound so stupid
7: Peter right. Stormare, really quick because
8: we got five minutes mine is going to be baby alligators in the sewers we're going to talk about 1980s lewis teague's alligator so it's even a line in, but it's even an ET. She goes, alligators in the sewers. And it was a urban legend, urban myth for years and years and years. People buy these baby alligators. They get a little too big and they flush them down the toilet. And I wonder if
7: that's specifically sewers. an American urban legend. I don't know. Do, that's a good question. I don't Glenn Glenn know. And well, if, do you have crocodiles? The, no, they it's, yeah. it's,
8: well, they have, yeah, they have
9: crocodiles in their They'd sewers. be flushing it's down just, the crocodiles down the yeah. sewers.
7: But yeah, Glenn I, and Ben, they, let us know if this or is rabbits.
9: Maybe it's rabbits there.
7: Do you have yeah, a a, a legend where something gets flushed down the toilet and mutilates human beings? Well, other
8: than our careers, Joe, would you say something? yeah i don't i don't know who i am it's start oh she's i was gonna do the damn thing but screw it anyway it's it, the the reason the alligator gets big is it starts eating laboratory dogs that are also on the sewer really quick it's the only movie directed by lewis teague and written by john sales actually that's not accurate but john sales who went on to not only be nominated for oscars and make wonderful films wrote a bunch of b movies and it stars the wonderful robert forrester henry silva and royce d applegate you would know him if you looked him up you'd be like that guy so check out alligator it's on freebie next
9: i uh, all i was saying about is in honor of laurel hightower in her book below i wanted to mention the mothman prophecies that stars richard gear and laura lenny about the mothman and it's literally if you don't know anything just going blind it's perfectly fine but the mothman is an i mean they have festivals dedicated to the mothman well,
8: yeah they still have the mothman festival yeah. in West virginia right
9: yeah and so it's, it's 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 a localized thing that has spread but it's allegedly if you see the mothman it's a it's a portent of doom
8: not quite so, as know. cool as the woolly booger look up the woolly booger of west virginia or the boggy look. creek
9: we could have went with boggy creek
8: yeah absolutely all right this has been bonehead weekly
3: fun size
8: all sorts of supernatural critters
3: Alrighty, good old boneheads there. The, the question they posed there at the end is, alligator in the sewer, a myth that's American only? I think it must be. I've never heard of that here. I mean, we've heard of that myth. It's, we watch movies, duh.
4: <laughs> well, I, mean, I only heard of it the other day. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I've heard of
5: snakes, like snakes in the dunny, like coming up through the system. Which actually yes,
0: which yeah.
3: actually happens. I've seen the videos. Yeah. Oh. yeah.
5: Do you ever watch uh, my one of my favourite uh, Instagram channels is that Sunshine Coast snake. The Sunshine Coast <laughs> Snake Wranglers or whatever it is. They, oh, yes,
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they go yeah, yeah. around to people's
5: houses and get rid of the, it. Like, they yeah. They pulled one out of a carburetor in a
3: car the other day. and
5: I think we've had it on the like news that. before, you're like, yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> but you're like, yeah, to address the boneheads, so like this alligator in the sewer myth, I think the best urban legend we would have as Aussies would have to be the drop bear, mm. which is not or even the, an the, urban legend, but it's something that we inflict upon the, the Dingo girl. Oh, Dingo Girl. Dingo Girl. The Nullarbor Nymph. Is the Nullaborn Nymph, yeah. Yeah, that is a good one. Yeah. Have you heard of the Nullarbor no. Nymph? No. There's a movie made about her. and Well, Pandemonium
5: as well. Pand- Dingo Girl is the Nullarbor Nymph. Yes, of course. So it's about this this girl who's like, I think, you know, ends up, you know, for whatever, her Fair. parents die yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah, she, yeah, yeah. She's raised like like Romulus and Remus before her. <laughs> she's raised by dingoes in the uh, scrub yeah. at the, in the Nullarbor and occasionally, you know, preys on... Uh, unsuspecting tourists ah. for uh, sex and flesh.
3: Yes. Ah. Oh, and of course in Much like, like your good self, Mel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm <laughs> familiar. <laughs> and I mean, in our neck of the woods, we've got the, the big black cats. They're definitely urban myths. Like, you know, they're, they're like our Bigfoot, if you will. you got the Tasmanian tiger. Tasmanian tiger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've, got, we've got a few. We've got a few yeah. good ones. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Thank you the, the honest Politician is my favourite.
5: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Favourite urban legend
3: Oh uh, shit So follow the Boneheads Wherever you get podcasts from Watch them on YouTube Thank you to Joe Chad and James Malzy I reckon it's your time Ooh, To go next again. Yeah Alright
4: Okay Fire at will Okay So my second recommendation Is 1992's Candyman 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 <laughs> Candyman <laughs> Candyman, Candyman.
3: <laughs> I'm just going to hang out Over here with Buddy Mary
5: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> which
3: is a funny thing when you watch the movie Bloody Mary, the urban legend, they talk about how Candyman ripped it off.
4: Yeah. It's like,
3: yeah. like yeah, yeah, your movie come came many years later. Yeah, yeah.
4: yeah. <laughs> um, so Candyman is based on Clive Barker's The Forbidden, mm-hmm. which is a short story from Book of Blood, Volume 5. Great book. So the film starts off with the classic telling of the Candyman urban legend at the start. And then after that, you get, after you get the first kill, we're then transported into a university lecture hall where the class is going through the alligator mm-hmm. urban legend. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so when I was watching that, I was like, oh, sorry about that. I'm <laughs> <laughs> so up with it. <laughs> Anything about drop bears? <laughs> <laughs> no, not in this one. <laughs> uh, or modern urban folklore in in class so virginia madsen plays helen who's a post-grad conducting research for her thesis and learns of the candy man which is a spirit who kills anyone that says his name five times we only said it four in front of a mirror and there's no <laughs> mirror in here so no. i think we're okay helen's husband trevor is a university professor <laughs> and, the, <laughs> and the absolute villain of the film Fucking Trevor is the fucking worst. <laughs> You've got the oh no, my.
5: the the toilet, the toilet in the film. That toilet is the worst.
4: <laughs> Dang, so filthy
5: and <laughs> like oh, yeah, imagine cr- being desperate so desperate you had to use that but, toilet.
4: But you can clean a toilet. You can't clean a Trevor. That's true. (laughs) You can
5: take Trevor out of the toilet, but you can't take the toilet out of Trevor.
4: Exactly, exactly. So, oh my god, Tony. Like, I only rewatched this for the first time the other night. Like, I'd seen it a million years ago, like when I was much younger. And so, I didn't know if I was going to get time this week, but I knew that I, you know, really should. Rewatch it. Oh, fuck. It's a genuinely it's so scary movie. It's so good. Ooh. Oh, my God. It's, it's so good. I, I Tony think Todd. it's
3: actually scary. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. T- and yeah. So I'm going to say a million things here that everybody knows because everybody fucking loves it. And uh-huh. if you don't watch it and you will. Um, so Candyman is Tony Todd is Candyman. He's like a phantom of the opera, sort of classical monster type. And he completely evokes like empathetic feelings towards him and like, Then you've got these upper-class, dweeby, up-themselves, academic assholes like Trevor and his mates. Um, So, like, choose Tony Todd, Alan. Choose Tony Todd. (laughs) Be his victim. Like, fuck the rest of them. Oh, my God. (laughs) They're awful. And,
3: yeah. So, I know that, like, number two explores his backstory. Does number one go into it at all? I can't remember. Because he was a slave. Oh yes,
4: a, only only a, yeah. like a little. bit. Which is bit. yeah
3: interesting because Clive Barker's story is a white guy takes place yes. in Liverpool. In, yes, yeah. So yep. yeah, it's a great movie. I I I think it's a pretty good one and two. I think number two is pretty good. Oh number, yeah, number I three haven't seen it. But yep. the, the recent reboot yep. they did is tied in directly with number one. With number one, yeah, And that's pretty good too. Yeah, I, yeah. I like how I want in, to see
5: that. in this world of remakes and reboots, they're like the first one, the popular one is the good one. We'll just retcon all yeah, the other yeah, ones yeah, out of there. Yeah, yeah, I like, know yeah. Oh, that never <laughs> happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, straight into the sequel. The
4: old Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> so the the film very heavily delves into themes of race and social class, as it's set at Cabrini Green, mm. which was a notorious housing project in Chicago.
5: Luckily, those things aren't issues anymore. Oh,
4: totally. <laughs> <laughs> Helen and her inspired. best friend visit there and meet some of the residents while looking into the murder of one of the Candyman's supposed victims. The film also discusses the importance of keeping the urban legend being spread mm-hmm. like and talked about for the myth to be able to continue to exist. And Candyman doesn't even need to be doing anything or committing murders. But if the story is still being talked about, then that's just as effective or even more so, which is, you know, very yep. much of the urban legend um, wow. story. So, yes. uh, the score. Wow. <clears throat> is it
3: is it like Christopher Smith? Who, who's no. There? um. Don't remember. I, I shouldn't have asked you. No, you shouldn't, you shouldn't
4: have. I <laughs> have got it written down. Yeah, no, I don't. Ban on the you know, well, no, I uh, But no. you're right, it's haunting. It's Yeah. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so good. And like, um, I mean, I know
3: this is what I do, is I always like take things to from the original one and talk about the sequel. Yeah. Definitely. But yeah. number two is directed by Bill Condon, I think it was. The guy that made is it oh, fuck, I've lost my train of thought. That's what you get. Yeah. <laughs> Look him up. <laughs> it. No, it's directed by a guy like maybe Gods oh, it's, and Monsters it's, or uh,
5: what's her name that did the score for this one? Who's that? Uh, Jan Brady's. I always think of him as a Jan Brady's fake uh, boy, boyfriend, but it's Philip, Philip Glass. Glass. Yeah, Philip Glass. Glass. That's right. yeah, but it's yeah, not yeah, Philip yeah. Glass. Philip but...
3: Glass from because um the Coenescarsi series. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah. 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 but yeah. it's
5: actually I think it's John Glass or something. And is actually Jan. Yeah, boyfriend.
4: right. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
3: no, it's uh, George Glass. George Glass. <laughs> yes, and thank you for just you know steering me away from. Not been able to think of what that director made. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
4: it's
3: homework for people. Edit. <laughs> no, no,
4: it's no. staying in. Um, they also, it's only quickly seen, but like the, another urban legend that is touched upon is the razor blades in the, Apple? in the, no, in the, what, like in the candy. Oh, in the candy. Yes. Yeah. 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 I love all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Same. Yeah. yeah very
3: cool. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Well, that's a perfect urban legend movie, and um, so good. I'm going to steer things into a little different direction for my final recommendation. Uh, I think I'd I think I've saved the best for last. Okay. Uh, an unexpected choice, a wonderful 1987 family classic, Harry and the Hendersons, <laughs> starring John Lithgow, Melinda Dillon, Don Ameche, and Kevin Peter Hall as Bigfoot, Harry himself. And this is a movie that. Was massive in the eighties. Like yeah. this was huge on home video. Like yeah. everyone knew it. Everyone loved it. But then it disappeared entirely. Like it didn't get an Aussie release for years mm. and years. And it almost became a, like an urban legend of itself. Like it was that movie that everyone remembers, but you can't get your hands mm. on.
5: Do you like? Do you remember it being big? I remember it being huge, but yep. then I remember it sporting a TV series, which I was a lot more familiar with. Get into that too, yes. Because it, it was on every night. Yeah, that's I, wonder
4: that's, I wonder if that's what I remember. Yeah. yeah. The so TV
3: series. The, the story itself has the Henderson family are on vacation coming home from a, like, a wilderness vacation mm. and they hit Bigfoot with a car and they assume he's dead and it's like, Bigfoot, like this is a big deal, this is a fine. So they strap him to his car and they drive him home. Of course, he's still alive. And um, one of the best scenes in the film is when he wakes up in the middle of the night and practically turns the house upside down, going through their fridge, looking for stuff, trying to get out, all that kind of thing. And um, and that scene, I might add, was directed by Steven Spielberg. Oh. yes. Yeah, so he was a producer and he came in and did huh. that scene. And you watch it and you know it. Yeah. Uh, but it turns out Harry Bigfoot is a big, lovable lump. He's a, he's a gentle giant and the family- he's a goofball. He's a big he's, old Oh, goofball. he's a huge yeah. goofball and the family falls in love with him. Don Amici plays a Bigfoot- Expert that comes along to help them, and he falls in love with Harry too. And then it becomes a really sort of sweet, heartfelt comedy drama. It becomes it
5: becomes Alf after that,
3: yeah. It does, but there's some really gut wrenching stuff when they realize they have to send Harry back into the wilderness, and the only way to do so is for John Lithgow to turn on him and be nasty and you know, oh, yeah, tell him how much he's not wanted and Harry doesn't understand and oh. it and I remember watching like a like variety doing that. you know when actors run through their career of roles and yeah. talk about them and John Lithgow said something to the effect of like that was one of the most surprising films he's made where he went into it thinking this is a stupid yeah. little thing just to make some money and he came out of it going that was a very difficult emotional yeah. rollercoaster of a film yeah
4: yeah yeah
3: Directed by William Deere, who made Time Rider, which we've talked about on the show. He made yep. Wild America, If Looks Could Kill, great movie. Simon Says, the Chris Glover slasher movie in the woods. Yeah. And yeah, as I said, Spielberg produced it. And Rick Baker, the makeup artist, mm-hmm. won an Oscar for this one. Mm. So it actually is an Academy Award winning film. And then came the TV series, Ben, 1991. And that had um, Bruce Davison taking over the role from John Lithgow. And yeah. that was a show that was as good. Like it was a really, it was a really good show. quality sitcom. And it was still played by, what did I say? His name was Peter Kevin Hall, played Bigfoot. He's the guy that was the original Predator. Mm. Predator, yeah. Um, and he was in it for the TV show No, too.
5: Van Damme was the original Predator. Well, he
3: was, as our TikTok will uh, inform. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that, a, is that one, that of, is one of the one of the trivias. <laughs> one of the trivias? <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, so, yeah, anyway, Harry and the Hendersons, I just think it's a wonderful, wonderful family film. Everybody should get behind and, and track down. It's, Love it. It's on a streaming service. And it is an urban legend. Yeah. Know? It's a folklore, but also an urban legend because... Everyone knows someone that has seen a Bigfoot or has a photo of Bigfoot or a video of Bigfoot, so I think it fits in. I
5: went to the uh, to the museum, the the really weird museum in uh, Austin, Texas. Yep. and they had a Bigfoot. They had a they had a, a uh, like a Neanderthal man on ice. Yeah, and a Bigfoot. Yeah, Sasquatch. A Sasquatch. It's Beautiful. Great. I, saw them, I saw them all. I've seen them. I've seen Bigfoot. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Good Movie Monday is made possible with the support of people like Vulorium. Vulorium is a streaming platform for rare and obscure movies, and it's absolutely free. They also have a catalogue full of kids' flicks, classic movies, foreign cinema, and more. Visit Vulorium.com today to see what it's all about.
4: (laughs) Can I just talk about a half recommendation that I have, or a 20-minute recommendation? I think possibly the best urban legend on film is the first 20 minutes of when a stranger calls. Yeah. Totally. Oh my god, the call is coming from within the house. Like that oh, used to freak the hell out of me when I'd be babysitting or just home alone like when you were you know getting that bit more responsibility and your parents would leave you home with your younger siblings and whatever. And just start playing in your mind, yeah. like that phone ringing, mm-hmm. and oh my god! And yeah, the first twenty minutes of that film, the original, Yep. I think that's flawless, the, the
3: best um, incarnation of that. Yeah, story. like it hasn't been done better than
4: that.
5: No, film. I was
3: going to say,
5: what did you think of the remake, the Camilla Bell?
4: I think I didn't mind remake. it. it was I think right. I, I mean, I think yeah. It was the only just...
5: thing I didn't like about it was the house. The house yeah. was too fancy. Yeah. Like, yes, why does the yes, house need to be yes. so fancy?
4: Like, yeah, Just be, yeah, 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 a, just be yeah, a fucking yeah. house. I can't really remember it that well. In. But I think I you know, it was just well, like, I've got two uh, things yeah.
3: to say about the original. One is that yes, that is just <coughs> remarkable. It's scary. I think so I think scary. it's actually more effective than when Scream do it. You know, yes, you know. Yeah. Um But, but I
4: also think that's yeah. Very good, too. It is very good. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. what
3: I liked about the original was, unlike Scream, it's not a menacing voice on the phone at first. Yes, like it's, it's yes. just a voice. Yeah. You know, and it could be just the next door neighbor. Like a, yeah. A, and that, yeah. that makes it scarier to me. Yeah, yeah. But then. I like that the film flips on itself and becomes an entirely different genre. Yeah, yeah, it's so yeah, odd. Like yeah. most people but don't like it. But the problem
4: is, I mean, the guy, the guy was dying. Like he yeah. was, he was on his deathbed, and yeah. he doesn't look that menacing. Yeah, because I mean, he was pretty frail. Yes. by that. So yeah, so that that's probably my biggest problem with it. Yeah. But um. But yeah, it's interesting though. Yeah, I do yeah. need to revisit and it. Carol but Kane, yeah, gotta love her. Oh my god, yeah. incredible! But yeah, I just had two? to. No, I haven't seen part two. There is a part two. Yeah, yes. When, calls,
5: when, yes. A, when a stranger calls, calls back. back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
4: But yeah, that first 20 minutes, my well, God. Yeah,
3: I completely agree. It's a yeah. great movie. All right, so we are in the final stretch now. So I want to quickly mention a couple of things. Do you guys remember when, this is sort of before the internet and before fact-checking, movies spawned their own urban legends? So I'm wondering if you remember these. Mm. I'm sure. I'm sure Ben definitely remembers the first one, when... I remember nothing. Every yeah. no, everybody, particularly in the school playgrounds, was convinced that hoverboards were real. Oh, <laughs> and that turned out to be a, a deliberate, strategic uh, market employ by directly by Robert Zemeckis to pitch it as if you could buy them, like yeah, that right. we invented them for this movie and you can buy one. So that became an urban legend. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Then there was I mean, the classic one of the, the munchkin suicide in the, yes. in the Wizard of Oz. Yes, yeah. Which is great. Yeah, yeah. And the interesting thing about that is when you look at original versions of the film, what you see swinging in the woods, which is supposed to be a munchkin that hung itself, is different to the home video releases. Oh, right. Yeah. So there are they've changed it somewhere along yeah. the line. Conspiracy. Yeah. Yes. What else we got here? There's the suicide in the Basketball Diaries. Have you heard about that one? No. There's a scene where they're at the riverside. Yep. Bridge way in the background mm. and you can see a jumper. Someone jump. But like the, <sighs> the rumor was there's no record of a body fished out of the water. Yeah. Some would say it was a bag of rubbish thrown over, but you can definitely see it in the background. So I think that's a cool one. And this is the one before the internet came along. that, And before high-res frame, freeze frame mm. came along, the ghost in the... Three Men and a Baby? Yes, yeah. yeah. That was the greatest yeah, folklore yeah. of all time. Yeah, and of course it's just a <coughs> cut, cup, so cut, a up. Or yeah. cut <laughs> of tech dancing. But we didn't have the technology back then yeah. to, to check that. Yeah. yeah. So you were convinced. And if you found it, you could freeze frame it to the point that you could make it out but not see what it yes. was. Yes, yeah. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah,
4: yeah. That's great stuff. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. great stuff. Yeah, and what, what else? Here?
3: <laughs> the best one of all is the cock bombing in Teen Wolf. Have you seen that one? No So you go to the The, the game in Team Wolf Right where Yeah. they win And there's the moment where Michael J Fox and his dad Celebrate with a big hug In the stands behind him There's a guy with his oh, dick hanging out okay. Yeah right Yeah <laughs> right. This, and yeah. he swings it around And then as the camera pulls away He tucks it back in And zips up Yeah and people are like No that's a woman I'm like I'm pretty sure it's a guy yeah. And if you actually Look at that video If you got a Blu-ray Even better Yeah It's a dick <laughs> Why else would you Tuck it back in And zip it yeah. up <laughs> So that's good. I love it. And then um, maybe the ultimate is, have you heard about the, the butthole cut of Cats? Oh, The oh, movie yes. Cats. Yeah. So and the movie the Cats one. came out yeah, recently. Yeah. Apparently there's an entire cut of this film yeah. where all of the cats actually have assholes. They have, have buttholes. Right? Yeah. And and it's been confirmed by the editor, yes, it exists. Mm, and mm. we realised in the cut that the way the fur on the costumes was designed, the seam joined yeah. at that point. So the fur made it look like an asshole. Yeah. So they had to digitally remove yeah, they all the assholes. removed it all. Cats have assholes. That's right. Yeah. So he said this cut exists of the assholes. So I would love to see that. Yeah. That's a that's an imprint Blu-ray waiting to come out in
5: uh, damn straight. And time. it's that
3: movie that always gets in your face. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. Time to uh, bring it to a close. It's a mousey episode, and that means mousy trivia.
4: Oh I won't call it mousy
3: trivia, it's, not Mel's-y your idea. Trivia. it's yeah. me that, it's me that inflicts it upon you two every week, every month, I should say. <laughs> I'll go first with an easy one just to kick it started. Oh,
4: see, I hate it when you say that. No,
3: it's an easy one. So no,
4: th- that that's more pressure and how many worse if I don't know it. <laughs> how many
3: installments are in the I Know What You Did Last Summer series? Three four. or four?
4: Three. And then a TV series. Three. Three and then a TV series. <clears throat> yes.
3: And the third one uh, was actually directed by the guy that made Losers, Stomp the Yard and Slender Man. So, so not a good film there? <laughs> <laughs> well, no. I mean, Stomp the Yard's pretty fun. Yeah, okay. It's not a movie I would think. Oh, that gu- on. okay. I just wouldn't have thought that the guy that made, I know it did last summer, three would have a career. Like, that, that's mm. what surprises me. I'm just surprised
5: he's not directing TV.
3: Yeah, he probably is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're all about the movies here.
4: <laughs> Melzi, what's yours? Okay, so doing my classic me. But as, as you've now named it Malzy Trivia, I can pretty much do whatever I want. So <laughs> this isn't actually a horror, but it is urban legend related. So there is an urban legend that Disney animators were secretly slipping hidden sexual messages into their films. Which film was accused to have sex written out in the sky, leading to Christian groups calling for mm-hmm. the video to be pulled from mm, shelves? That was 11.
3: No. Wasn't it? I swear they have, oh no, Aladdin's the one where he says, I can see your tits. I think that's <laughs> the, on the balcony. If you volume up on the yeah, VHS, yeah, you can yeah, hear like,
4: yeah. I
3: <laughs> Yeah. But I know, I know the image and I know the movie now. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. Is it Little Mermaid? No. Lion King.
5: Lion King. King. Yeah. So and written
4: in the sky above Simba when he slumps down on the edge of the cliff before Mufasa comes to him. Um, it says, it, I mean, it definitely I looks like it says barber. sex in the stars, but apparently it's F- SFX, FX, yeah. and it was a shout-out to the special effects team. But <laughs> have you guys seen also the Little Mermaid yeah, cover? That yeah. is definitely a dick.
5: <laughs> and that's definitely uh, a dick. And I would know. Isn't <laughs> oh, the joke about, yeah, yeah, yeah. about um, Baby Herman <laughs> the finger-up Jessica Rabbit in uh, oh, yeah. well, The Bremboja rabbit Roger yeah,
3: Rabbit? That, well, you've also got um, the end the bomb being... Thrown out in, um, or was it the F bomb in, in Roger Rabbit as well? Daffy Duck. Oh, really? I think I think it's the N bomb. Yeah, yeah right. it's mm-hmm. nasty. Scene. It, it's okay. he's black though. He's lighter. Well. Yeah, that's right. And it was an A, not an E R. Yeah. So it, it works, Ben. Yeah, what's your next you. one? <laughs> All right, in uh, typical Ben fashion, ooh.
5: Ooh. this question has no.
4: Oh yeah, six parts. It's
5: good. It's only one part, but it does have three. Oh. <laughs> Name the three highest-grossing John Carpenter films.
4: Wow! Jeez.
3: Highest-grossing. You instinctively want to say Halloween, but I don't reckon it
4: is. Well, it possibly isn't, but it it, it would have the it would have the highest, like uh, you know, like it's made the most from like having a small because it's one of the. I want to go. This
5: is grossing. Yeah, look, I, I. can't speak to where the figures I got from okay. this, uh, whether what, they are just initial box office, just to, or like yeah, yeah yeah,
4: just to
6: play
3: yeah. against the grain. Yeah, would it be ridiculous to say like Village of the Children, or Village of um, village the, of that the Dam? Be, that um, would be that would be incredibly ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. I like, the top fourteen, yeah. here and that is not on there. <laughs> <window.
5: laughs>
7: I was trying to like,
5: buck the trend, but uh, look, I, I was going to say in any order. Like you do not have to get yeah, the, yeah. in the in the correct order. But, All right, um, so um, this guy from of? LA. Oh, all right.
3: Uh, <laughs>
5: no, what's your three?
3: Okay, well, mine would be the thing: thing. Escape it's, from LA for oh, me. Oh, wow! Just because it's a sequel and everyone was anticipating. it. Oh, gee. And that's—I mean—that's
4: Escape a... from New York. I'll go then. And, and um, <laughs> I want to—I want to say. Oh, I'm just going to say Halloween, and I want to say vampires.
5: Jeez. Well, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm shocked. You, you did, like, Escape from L.A. is, was the third highest grossing film. Yeah. I didn't think either of you were going to get that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number one was Halloween. Yep. Yeah. And, and number two, I'm shocked that you forgot this yeah. one. Starman. Starman oh. was huge. Yeah. Like, yeah. mega huge. It was, yeah. yeah.
4: See,
3: I was trying to think of his non-horror
4: <laughs> ones yeah, as well. Yeah, no, yeah, That's yeah, not yeah,
3: where yeah. I went. So, I'll give you the yeah, top. I wow. of Invisible Man. No
5: way. I'll give you the top. So, there's a Jeez. top 14 according to this list. So, one is Halloween. Two, yep. Starman. Escape from L.A. Escape from New York, yep. The Fog, Christine, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. John Carpenter's Vampires, yeah. The Thing, in Memoirs of an Invisible Man, Prince of Darkness, Ghosts of Mars, They Live, The Ward, which I didn't even know got the theatrical, yeah. uh, and then Big Trouble in Little China, bringing in number yeah, 14. Yeah, wow. That's and a it's, shock. He's done about 20, I think, 20 yeah. That's a
3: shock that that came like in the worst yeah. of that list. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, Who what? would have thought they'd trouble? And hey, they it just worse taught me you. that uh, when all else fails, use logic. Because that's where <laughs> yeah. I went with this <laughs> game. From LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone yeah, wanted yeah. to watch it. Yeah. You know, yeah. A long awaited <coughs> follow up. All right, my but turn. Still,
4: God. Horror yeah. director
3: Darren List, Darren Lynn Bousman. His 2012 movie, The Baron, starring Stephen Moyer and Mia Kirshner, is based on what American urban legend slash folklore? The Baron. The Baron. The Barons. <laughs> Barons. Oh, the Barons. Yep. Oh. Stephen Moyer. Darren the Lynn Bousman, the guy that made a couple of Saw movies. Repo yeah. the genetic Copra.
5: It, I know I that uh, thing is the True Blood guy, right?
3: Uh, Stephen Moyer. Yes, he is. That's right.
4: It's okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's having was his
5: three. way with he's having his way with this uh, Urban Legend Anna Yes, this, oh, this Urban was, legend has were good times. being a focal point
3: of the X Files.
5: <laughs> <laughs> is it the oh, what, what? emil tombs?
3: Oh, is that the episode? I don't think that's the episode. That's
5: the one where he crawls under the doors. <laughs> he's got the, the yeah, it's the same
3: <laughs> era. Same era. It's the okay. Jersey Devil.
0: Mm.
4: There you go. Okay. Alright, so don't sound too excited. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, it's just on the tip of know my what tongue. You're about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, Mousy. Okay. This is gonna be a bit random now. Um what is the song that appears throughout Final Destination? The first one. I know this because I talked about it mm-hmm. on my interview with um
3: Jeffrey Reddick. Is it time is on your side? No, that's for. Ah, uh, I wish I could remember what the fuck it was. No. It's not don't no. feel the
4: reaper, is it? No, but no. I think I, that's in it, but it's not yeah. the, it's not the song. Yeah. Uh, what are you talking about? It is
3: of the song. <laughs> every band has
5: a, uh, well, I can't quote that line. That great line from uh, the Stone Age where they talk about, they talk about, and they're like, every band has, every band has a pussy song so they can tell their fags in their audience are. And that's uh, Don't Fear the Reaper. <laughs> Uh,
3: Shouldn't do that anyway. Keep going. It is,
4: <laughs> it is Rocky Mountain High, John Denver. Of course, of
3: course it is. Far.
4: Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So good. I, lo- at, I love at, that. Because it motif every that, death, yeah, doesn't it? Fire it's like it's a busker. It's yeah. on the bloody airport. Yeah. You know? yeah. Oh, so good. And quite often very subtle. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so yeah. subtle. Yeah. Uh, so good. All
3: right, Ben. What's your last
5: one? Uh, my second one. Are we doing? Are you doing two? Yeah. Two. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. <laughs> Name the two actresses that appear in both the first two Urban Legends films.
4: Uh, oh. Rebecca Gayheart. Yep. And uh, and, the... and Reese Reese. Um. Yeah.
5: Yep. Yeah. I was hoping you'd forgot about Rebecca Gayheart because she only turns up right at the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> during, oh, it's at the, the end.
4: It's at the end. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it does get better. Spoiler alert. That, that, <laughs> that scene is awesome. Oh yeah. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs>
3: Well, it don't matter none. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, the show's over. Thanks, yeah. Malzy. <laughs>
4: uh,
3: hey, thanks for being here again. It's awesome. We love having you here. The next uh, time you're on, it's another long month, I think. Seventh oh, of, 7th of November. Oh. When we have you on wow, Netflix, like, five that's weeks away. Right? Wow, ages. Yes. Ben, um, you can go home to Boggy Creek now, mate. I'm already there. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great... Urban legend, legend, Boggy Creek. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to everybody for listening. You can catch the three of us on uh, social media this week, YouTube and and uh, Facebook. We're going to try the pop rock,
4: yeah, trick.
3: Uh, and next week, Ben, we're going to be talking about controversial movies, movies that are controversial. So might have to put a trigger warning on that for people. Ooh. It's going to be fuck that. <laughs> yeah.
5: uh, yes. It's going to be one of those. What's that meme that, that's going around? Like Caddyshack Two is a good film. Convince me otherwise.
4: (laughs) That's as controversial as I may be getting. Controversy. That's as
5: offensive as you let it
4: get.
5: (laughs) (laughs) I chose that that example specifically. (laughs) All right.
3: So it's time to sign off. So we're going to leave you with a a song from I Know What You Did Last Summer. It's a typo negative in a cover of Summer Breeze. This is a banger. I fucking love it. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next week. Have a good one.